Welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Today we have Brian Milligan and Cody Z. So, well, first of all, it's Cody's first time ever being on the podcast. So, how long have you been doing stand up? Uh, just hit five months. Just hit five months. And Brian, you're at seven now? Six? No, I'm uh, like six and a half. I was okay, there. I was at Cody's first. Yeah, Brian started like one month before me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. start. He started at like the second week of September for, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, I thought you were going to yeah. say the mic. It was the yeah. first mic, but yeah, it was a uh, nine eleven. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then okay. I started uh, the 9th of October. Yeah. All right. So, so like a month about later. a month yeah. apart. So Cody's now the the biggest bomb to ever take place on nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he he started on nine eleven. Yeah, not I started. Me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm the biggest. <laughs> and you tried to roast Jimmy with that same joke. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I don't remember. <laughs> well, I'm one of the weenie roasts? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, huh. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so try, so you guys are just talking about, um, yeah, they're doing Scratches Room up yeah. in uh, yeah. Daytona. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Dude, that place is fun, man. Yeah, I've done it a couple times. You've done Mulligans? Yeah. Okay. Well... I think he I has don't two rooms. If it's called Mulligans. No, that's what I'm saying. I think he has two rooms. Mulligans right. is like, it's basically like a, a big rectangle with a stage on one side, yeah, a yeah, bar, yeah. The and then one just booths. Where the radio station um, is, there's like an oh, actual yeah, radio I station think, in I there. I think there is, yeah. Yeah, 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 Plaza. I've, yeah, I've done that room like a bunch of times, yeah. It's right next to uh, Cinematique or whatever. I don't know, I'm bad with it, that. How is that, <laughs> how is that spot? Because a lot of people are headlining there now. Um, it's it's pretty cool. It's a fun um, spot. Yeah, it's the last time I was there was weird because Cinematique is literally in the same plaza directly next door. Mm-hmm. And the last time I was there, we had a show happening at the same time at oh, both shit. venues. Uh. So and Cinematique was like packed, mm-hmm. and there wasn't that many people at like. <laughs> 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 well, uh, so when I was there, to, like with Eugene, mm-hmm. like that place was packed. And then one thing I liked, which is like rare for like restaurant shows or bar shows, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is that they shut all the lights down mm-hmm. except for right above the stage, and like just at, like it, it quieted everybody down. They shut the TVs off, everything. So it was like this is this is the main event. We're turning this into yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a stand up club for the night. You know that that yeah, kind of thing. I, I was gonna say like. I don't know what that venue is like. It sounds like a theater. No, it's just a like, big rectangle room yeah, with you a said bar. It's a restaurant. It is a restaurant because they have booths along the side of the rectangle, and then I think I, my memory is a little. They they put tables right up in front of the stage, like mm-hmm. pushed them like right against the stage. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I don't think they normally do that. I think yeah. it was just for the show. <laughs> like you could just walk onto them. Y- yeah, I could have. Yeah, I, yeah, I would have stages, broke stages, a fucking table if I don't walk. The stage on. is like a foot tall, so like, I, they're yeah. right there in front of you. Yeah, I've thought about just like stepping. on on the front row tables at like LOL before <laughs> <laughs> just, like, nobody sits in the front row yeah that's true was, like, you can, get the fuck you out the spotlight yeah that's what, really that's what I'm saying you just like but step on the front tables I, uh, see I like that because I think I think it's cool that most comics get that experience early yeah because all of the big stages you can't see anything you get the improvs yeah. you can't see anything yeah, at, m- milk um, is blind yeah it's like, completely blind. They're, yeah. they're right in front of you. Like you could shake their hand and you can't see their faces. Yeah, it's, it's I've done I've done silhouette crowd work. I did silhouette crowd work at Wait. Milk District that one time. That's crazy. <laughs> but like like somebody somebody. That's why I did that three day weekend joke. Yeah. And somebody there was a particular laugh that sounded weird. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. And I yeah I made fun of the, <laughs> like the old white guy laugh. But I couldn't see the guy. Mm. But I kept going like I kept calling back to him. Hilarious. And I never saw the guy the whole night. 
I'm just calling back to the area where that sound <laughs> is coming from. And they were they were dying. I just I, I like the idea of just laughter coming from a void in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, I hope this works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was so strange because that was my first time doing milk. And I mm-hmm. had to open. Yeah. And I was so, like, nervous. Oh, yeah. And, like, I felt like I, I did okay. But then, like, when I watched back on the video, I looked petrified in yeah. front of the lights. <laughs> like, my, my eyes look so funny. Like, I was editing a clip today to pose. Yeah. And I just look scared. <laughs> like, like, halfway through the set, I kind of settle into it. But, like, I was editing my first couple of jokes. And I just have this weird look in my eyes. I'm like, fucking, like, oh, God. <laughs> I can't see shit. I'm here. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna be nervous anytime I do a new room. Mm-hmm. Like I'm nervous every time. Like it's I don't know why. It's yeah. it's, it's like I have trouble getting th- through that kind of shit. Yeah, I, I kind of put it on myself too much because like milk is what got me into the scene mm. because I started seeing like Kristoff's videos mm-hmm. from Milk District, and that's how I learned that there was like more than just the improv in Orlando. Mm. And then right around that same time is when I started seeing Jimmy. Jimmy used to put, like, street signs out for the comedy show. Yeah. And so that's how I found out about Beachside. Yeah, because I think I saw you right after I started at one of the Friday night shows. Yeah. Because yeah, I think they were making, yeah, they were yeah, making fun I, I, of your mustache. Yeah, I went to a Friday show, and Danielle bullied me and another girl that's, into the front row. That's right. That's right. And uh, I ended up, like hanging out with that girl the rest of the night but we went back into the green room and hung out for a minute that's when i met like zach bennett and everything yeah so like i i was shaking hands with people two days before i started yeah so i was just like (laughs) meeting jimmy and danielle and everything hanging out in the green room they're like hey there's an open mic sunday (laughs) i'm like fuck yeah i'll show up and then me and the girl went and got drunk at fucking social distance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is the first comedy show I went to was like one of those Friday night sh- like locally, not ever, mm-hmm. but locally was one of those Friday night beachside retro shows like the weekend before I started. And I literally was standing there and I saw Jimmy and I could tell like he was the one hosting the show. I could tell he was running things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I was too nervous to go talk to him. I was like, nah, I don't want to bother this guy. You know, like, because I was literally, because I, I, like I told you, I posted in your Space Coast group, like, oh, hey, no, hey is, is there any lo- local open mics? And you didn't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Which is why I'm glad that there's other people yeah. so, so, that, that are also now admins on that. Yeah. Because I'm so bad at checking stuff. <laughs> like, like, like I, I forget that Instagram has those message requests mm-hmm. Dude, i never check that shit and there's like three folders like i had a legit yeah. i had a ken howard or whatever from fucking madcaps he created a group chat for everybody on the showcase he was like have why aren't you in the group chat yet mm-hmm. i was like i haven't seen it and it was in like my hidden fucking message requests yeah. for no reason at all i'm and now it, learning to like check that stuff because i never check I, that I don't stuff check it either because it's like I mean, it's it's the it's my personal Facebook page, the and the same thing for Instagram. It's my personal one. It's the one for like my YouTube channel, my business, my family's business, um, the comedy scene. So if I mean, in order for me to check all the messages on all of those yeah, things, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. I check the insurance business because that's like actual money, <laughs> yeah. and then everything else I get to it when I get to it. Whew. Yeah, right. I, I didn't. I didn't, honestly like. That's why I'm grateful my wife does <laughs> stuff for me. She's she's so good with the social media stuff. I'm, yeah, I was actually talking to uh, Ira Lee, 
um, who's big black dude from uh, where is he? Like down Port St. Lucie area, a little further mm. south of there. Port. And um, he was telling me that his wife, so he doesn't. His wife does his booking for him now, and that people. <laughs> it sounds strange. People like he gets better opportunities because and clubs respect him more. Because it's not him calling, mm. it's someone, even though it's his wife, mm-hmm. he has some form of representation. Yeah, and, and they don't know. They, and that's the thing. It's all about, so I've created a bunch of businesses through mm-hmm. like Instagram and stuff, and then I just kind of get bored and I push them aside or get rid of them. But like, that's all, it's all perception. Is like, even from ground zero, even if you have nothing to offer, mm-hmm. you act like you have everything yeah and and you just build opportunities from there Mm -hmm. even when you have no clients you act like you have a full list of clients exactly and then and then just be like hey we have like two openings yeah and then just wait for people to (laughs) with my fitness business that's exactly how it would work if i had like a slow month Mm -hmm. i would make a post saying only four or five spots open for the next few months yeah dm now i'll give you a special offer yeah to before my books close and then i that day i would get like fucking like three thousand dollars worth of clients it's it's just it's all weird like it's lying which is why i kind of got tired of it yeah but yeah, you just fucking manipulate the system the best you can. And fake it till you make it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's like a, literally what it's it all is. it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be interesting actually. You know what you could do what? is two comics. So like, if if uh, Brian, you're like, you know what, Cody, you're gonna answer my calls and be my agent. Yeah. And Cody would be like, all right, Brian, I'll answer your calls and. <laughs> Cody to be your agent. I'm gonna say Cody Milligan. Cody's office. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it a thousand percent would work. Yeah. yeah, you can set up like a simple LLC with a fake pseudonym, like just mm-hmm. name a management company. Yeah. just random. It doesn't even have to be anything. That's just the name of your LLC, and when they see it come up, it'll say that name. It doesn't even have to have all the management licensing and shit like that. Yeah. And because nobody's going to double check. They're just yeah. going to see, oh, yeah. this guy, blah, 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 is messaging about this guy looking for spots. So yeah. mm-hmm. then they go and they check. Maybe you sent in a video link or some shit or they check your Instagram and then they fucking, they're way more likely to book you than like if you're just like, hey, guy, I'm, uh, I'm looking to <laughs> fill out my April. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like if you you should just make a company called Com- Comedy Dynamics, but spell it D I. <laughs> you know, just misspell it. <laughs> but when it comes up on the caller ID, they're like, "Oh, Com- Comedy Dynamics." <laughs> you know, that's fucking like what LOL did with their club. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, oh, there's a laugh out loud. Well, we're the laugh out lounge." <laughs> lounges <laughs> <laughs> but we uh so this past uh, so that's kind of that sort of fake it till you make it thing is what i'm kind of what i'm trying to do with this van situation yeah um i should be hopefully by the end of this year oh yeah hopefully um because what i'm what i'm looking at doing is um so this land that i own in virginia yeah um we're gonna be harvesting a certain percentage of the wood off the land and then so the way it works is they come and they cut down the trees mm. and then they pay you for the trees that they take. Um, so the lumber. Yeah, the lumber. Yeah. So that's going to most likely that money I'll just take and just buy the van. Hell yeah, dude. Um, make, but, 
making your money make money. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then the other thing is, you can write off the van. Yeah, I can write off the van because <laughs> my. So I, I started a uh, Clear Vision Productions is the name mm-hmm. of my production company that I just started. Hell yeah. Um. So now I am. When I get paid for shows, that goes into that account. So my fuel, um, you know, hotel rooms, everything now is going getting paid for by that. So I'll be able to write all that stuff off. The van's going to be owned by the company. The van will be a write-off. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that'll all... It's very small amounts of money right now. Yeah. <laughs> but to get in the habit of running it as yeah, a business yeah, yeah. Yeah, is going to make it, a big it, difference. It's way better to run it like that, too. Like, yeah. when you file it at the end of the year with a 1099 and you claim, like, you you end up paying more than you would a, like a normal thing because you have to pay it in a lump sum then instead of little bits throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But it's so much easier, especially, like, if you can keep track appropriately. Like, one year I got fucked because I <laughs> just, like, I claimed way too much shit. <laughs> my, my, my accountant was just like, yeah, we'll just try it all. <laughs> and IRS was like, uh-uh. <laughs> but most of the time, everything works out, like, better in the end. Yeah. And so, like, right now I'm I'm trying to start an LLC because, like, I spend a fuck ton in gas. I drove from coast to coast doing mics. Yeah. And uh, the issue right now is most people pay you in cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like all under the table. So there's nothing I can really write. Yeah. And it's like I can't just have all this gas bills like as auditions. Yeah. And shit <laughs> like that. Because yeah. right now anything that I've done has just been paid in cash. Like a couple things have been cash app, and I'm not. I don't what want a, them to start fucking looking into my cash app. <laughs> what about if they did it as like? Uh, or if you did it as like a like your your lear- like going for education or something like that, you know what I mean? Because or because like if you go to school, you can write that shit off. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of like a university, you know what I mean? I know it's well, not an Cheryl, actual university. Don't let Brian get himself yeah. arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or should yeah, go no, to the IRS. Yeah, no. but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like like yeah, they, like work. Uh, what is it like? Uh, fucking Wolfie Wall Street over here like is trying that. to figure out how yeah, you can get yeah, around. No, no, like I said, like they would. Uh, you would set it up as a like you're an independent business. Mm-hmm. You're investing in yourself, mm-hmm. and every time you go out to an open mic, that's an audition that you're looking to perform. So it'd just be like the same as like your daughters are trying to act. Yeah, but it's, it's also a, not a lie because you get booked. No, it's not based a lie on at going all. to those places. Yeah, so no, it's not a lie at all. Just the issue is when it comes logistically. You can't be all auditioning. Pay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't just like do all auditions because everybody's paying you in cash, mm-hmm. and you don't then want to like unless you want to then open a bank account specifically under your business name then deposit the cash in and even then it's you depositing it it's not a business so in the end it doesn't look like you're getting paid by somebody else it just looks like you might be laundering stuff yeah well that i, I want to make it clear brian milligan has made zero dollars <laughs> making comedy <laughs> zero Dude, we gotta change dollars we gotta change that because like yeah absolutely like uh, thankfully, I can monetize my reels. As trash as they are, they're paying some gas. Oh, yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Like a couple hundred bucks a month from Instagram and Facebook. That's, is, that's is, dope, dude. It's fine with me. Like, mm-hmm. th- this month I slacked off because, like, I just everything I put out, like, was trash. Everything, like, I recorded every set <laughs> was not post worthy. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, like, garbage. What's your, what's your highest viewed reel so far? Uh, like a hundred and thirty thousand on really on my like uh, it's me. on my third world joke. Okay, and it's so stupid because it's honestly the third time I told that joke. Mm-hmm. I cuss too much. I call people a retard. 
<laughs> like it's so bad, mm. but it got so many views. Yeah, uh, it's weird. It's weird what hits, man. You never yeah, know. It, you know, it, and it was like. Almost everything I film at that location that was at uh, LLV, the Long, oh, Long Vintage. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. it's a record shop. It, I call it the West Coast Beachside. It's, okay. it's very yeah. beachside retro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. it's just like a tad bit cooler because like mm-hmm. they sell skateboards and weed stuff. And oh, okay, but uh, it, it's fun there. And like every video I ever post there, because the way they have like this blue brick wall behind it and mm-hmm. like a cool so, sign. Yeah, it says like corner it, of the it, universe. Mm-hmm. Every, every reel I post from there does well because it just looks visually good mm-hmm. and it was like i was hoping the same would happen with this milk video i, p- I put out the milk thing it did nothing yeah <laughs> and, and, and i checked the insights it's like 50 50 like followers to non-followers mm-hmm. and just no traction mm-hmm. but there's a weird i hate the social media thing i really do i know you do um just because i mean the, the whole thing came out now with tiktok that they acknowledge that they essentially can turn up or turn down how often your thing gets viewed yeah. oh yeah so it's yeah, essentially yeah. the company just decided they, they, yeah we're gonna make this viral we're gonna not make that viral. yeah they can yeah. all I, do that though and yeah. i don't even i don't even fuck with tiktok man like yeah. a, a lot of people use it but like i i don't see the point like one apparently they're super invasive i don't mm-hmm. i don't pay attention i don't want to like worry about it too much so i just mm-hmm. don't even download the app and then i know from people who do monetize their tiktok that mm-hmm. it yeah. pays the shittiest we talked so Devin like, people showed us like yeah. you know he's getting you, like you have to have like millions yeah. he, but even him he's getting millions of views and he's and, making like 140 bucks yeah yeah if you you're lucky I mean? so like like i said like instagram is so easy because for like every you get like a hundred bucks for every twenty thousand views on instagram once you can monetize a dollar <laughs> 41 cents on yeah, tiktok <laughs> <laughs> made a dollar 41 cents oh yeah yeah like like i said this podcast has made like 97 cents so far. Hell yeah. On See, you're almost as much as... That's, <laughs> JP, that's JP, you said? Oh, like, shit, really? Yeah. $1.41. <laughs> oh, wow. That's JP. He's got... Yeah. 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 <laughs> JP's killing. So, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so I don't even waste my time with TikTok. Like like I said, like apparently they can tap into your shit even when you're not on it. Yeah. So I don't need that. And then it's doesn't seem to the only thing it does is like more eyeballs you can track and catch a following way faster it just doesn't mm-hmm. monetize anything yeah what it, so how was you went to jp's thing yeah, last night okay, all right so, so i want to check last last night was weird okay, okay. it was really good i don't want to say weird in a bad way because yeah. it's not it wasn't weird in a bad way but i i got to jp's house at like 6 30 mm-hmm. and i walk in and uh adam snare Mm-hmm. I think is his name. Yeah. He opens the door, not mm-hmm. JP. And I was like, I was like, hey man, I don't know him, so I was like, hey man. And he's like, welcome to the apocalypse. That's what he said to me, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I, I walk in the house, and JP had a water heater in a closet, mm-hmm. and they had there was a pipes coming out of the bottom of it, and mm-hmm. he accidentally stepped on it, and just water was. Like ten minutes before I got there, water was just all over the fucking oh, place. Shit, and like, this is the place we're literally doing the show. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I could tell JP was panicking because he yeah. was like, "Do I cancel this? I already got people coming. Like, yeah. you know, Brian just drove an hour to here, you know, like that kind of thing." And I was like, "Hey, dude, I used to be a plumber, man. I can take care of this for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I swear to God, yeah." 
And so uh, we had like twenty or thirty minutes till the show, you know, till the show started, and we mm-hmm. rode to Lowe's and grabbed the shit that we needed, and I hooked it up, and it was good to go. And <laughs> Brian is so the, useful. No, no white guy powers. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it probably cost him like sixty bucks, you know, or something like that. But yeah. it would have been way more if he'd have called somebody. I'm looking at Brian's wife. Like, I see why you keep him around. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and he did, he did this at his own house. Yeah, well, it was in his garage. All right, so well, like he has a detached garage. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, it's two stories. In the top floor is where they do their like YouTube studio stuff. Oh, okay. So and then the bottom floor he has a, a lounge. He has yeah, it's like a lounge <laughs> that he does his podcast from. And so uh, he just like pushed all the furniture to the back of the room and just set up chairs. There was probably like I don't know, like sixteen people there, fifteen mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Okay, it wasn't yeah. a ton Intimate. of people, but it was like his friends. Yeah, and then he invited a couple of comics. Like so it. it was more like he was just like putting on a show for his friends. Yeah. It wasn't like paid or anything. It's it just was, like prep for his yeah, show. Yeah, he's getting yeah. ready. But also it was like he invited us to like work out new material and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And yeah. um, like I got invited back to do Judd's thing. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm trying to run a good solid 10 minute set. So yeah. I, and I have like probably like four minutes of new shit that I've been working on. And it's been going like super good, mm-hmm. which is good. Because like for like two and a half months, I've had new jokes just bomb. Like bomb. <laughs> <laughs> months, dude. It was, it's been bad. I just I haven't written anything that's good, and then in the last like week and a half, I've I've literally written like four new minutes that are like across the board. It, there's some it needs a little touch ups, like t- extra tags or different tags, <laughs> you know. But the the punchlines are there, you know. Oh yeah. So. Uh, so I I went well first off JP goes up and uh, he runs through you know probably ten or fifteen minutes worth of stuff and then uh, another guy that was there who's like I think he's a comic I'm not sure who and who is not <laughs> comics in the crowd because it was unclear you know <laughs> and he goes up and he's like I gotta go but I'm just gonna do this one joke and then he does like one joke and they kind of give him different tags for it and stuff and then he's like all right I'm gone. And then the other Chris that was there the night we went and did the podcast. Mm-hmm. What's, you know that guy's name? Chris Red? Um, Chris, no. Chris Ray is. Ray. Yeah. Ray. Ray. Chris Ray. Ray. Okay. Chris Ray I was think, there. Okay. And, yeah. and he went up and did probably like um, like 10 minutes or something, mm-hmm. something like that and was like trying new shit and, and all that. And I just wrote all of my new shit and then just my normal shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, I, I, I had a killer set like, awesome. i mean like, yeah, really dude. good set and then uh i kind of went in the back and uh we were you know uh they they were there was like maybe two other people that went up and did stand up mm-hmm. and then we were doing like these like one minute topic round like speed round things and mm-hmm. I, I did a couple of those and <laughs> murdered with <laughs> just like random topics it was going super good man mm-hmm. and then uh and then I, I like I was, uh, and then we got done, and they had filmed something at like a local pizza chain, mm-hmm. like for their YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and they just gave them a, ton, a shit ton of pizza, <laughs> and so we were like, yeah. we went up into the studio and we we're just eating pizza and shit, and nice. I was talking to some of the people, and like I found out like some of the other people there were like YouTubers with like mm-hmm. m- you know several million followers or whatever, and then I found out that one of the dudes that was there was one of the original three guys that invented call of duty holy shit like he wow. and he was the lead production video game designer for the first like eight of them and uh, yeah. he started infinity ward which is the video game company that made call of duty like mm-hmm. him and the two other guys they were the three owners Jesus. they started infinity ward made call of duty made the first eight of them and then sold sold it to for like so much fucking money <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> 
And like, so he was there. I'm telling you, if you saw this guy, you never know he was super yeah. healthy. <laughs> he was wearing like a holy band shirt, yeah. you know, and like just like dirty ripped jeans, you know. Dude, those are my favorite people. Bro, yeah. super nice guy too. Yeah. Like, but he also wasn't like an old guy, yeah. you know. He was like maybe uh, maybe early 40s, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But yeah. I can't imagine he's not ungodly wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like Call of Duty is like the second biggest like, game ever. in the world, yeah. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, that was cool. So there was like some really cool aspects of it. I, I had a really good time, and if I w- if he does it again, I'd definitely go back. Yeah, I feel bad oh, for yeah. not being there just because I I agreed to host Moon Room, so I, yeah, yeah, you know, I had to do it. But now I I definitely want to come back. And it do was it. it was fun, man. Yeah. It's like intimate, and it was more just like you could tell it was like friendly gathering, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, it was they were they were they were there to laugh, man. Like yeah. I, like I said, I, I there was I had a I had a really good set, especially with the new. <laughs> I'm super happy with it. But then I, I like at Madcaps Monday, I ran the same set, mm-hmm. same thing, dude. I closed yeah. Madcaps and awesome. Ken, what's his name, Ken, like Howard, ha- or Howard or something like that. He mm-hmm. came up to me afterwards, and there was like four Melbourne guys there, and he's mm-hmm. like, dude, you guys are fucking funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> like that is that was great. He's like, you guys stole the show tonight. But that's why I'm yeah. trying to. So so this whole I know I won't shut up about this freaking van, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's it's a part of like because it's it's part of the next step of my career. Like I'm trying to figure out because my thing is I I grew really really fast mm-hmm. from like my first open mic to now so yeah. like i'm at the five-year point yeah and my feet because and so for any comic in florida because we keep having these conversations about do you need to move out of state you know to really grow your career as a comic right and i where i agree with brian is that there there's a glass ceiling here right because because of the in, because the entertainment industry doesn't really live in Florida the way it lives in New York or it lives in Los Angeles. Or LA. Or right? I mean, or uh, Atlanta. Or Atlanta, yeah. right? But I think I think if you could apply sort of more creative tactics mm-hmm. to how you do it, I think mm-hmm. you can get 80% of the way there here mm-hmm. and then have oh, yeah. such a strong foundation that you can visit New York, visit LA, visit Atlanta. Yeah. And be grounded here, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, as long as you yeah. have the connections, that's uh-huh. all that really matters. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think that the the how you get those connections, right, mm-hmm. is it requires a lot more legwork if you're going to live here. Yeah, you know. Um, but the first the first five years, like I said, I grew so fast that I'm now at this weird point of like, I don't really see myself. Like, yeah, I can continue to do stuff mm-hmm. right like right right now where i where i will grow a bunch is now i'm starting to headline a bunch of stuff and that that transition from feature to headlining because right now i've headlined small rooms a lot mm-hmm. but now i'm starting to headline the clubs and once i start headlining the clubs that's going to be a, a big growth point mm-hmm. and then my growth is going to stop yep because he- once you're headlining the clubs here you there's only no, headline clubs here. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah, you can, you can. That, that's like what forty weekends out of the year, really. Yeah. You know, if you if you just stay in Florida, because like, yeah. that's about how many clubs I imagine that are it's paying. Probably less than that. That's, yeah, I yeah. figured it was high, but yeah. I'm saying like, so then you have to worry about what you're going to do for the other half of the year, or, yeah. or more. You but know? then on top of that, you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh no, good. Well, but on top of that, even like the headliners that that don't really leave Florida much. Mm-hmm. Like they're 
they're just doing they're doing this the rounds again and again and again and again and again and again and you can pay your bills doing that but where's the next step above that yeah and i think for me my my truth be my fear is that i'll end up in that barrel oh like my next five years because they say it takes 10 years now see to become like a pro comic so this is where the van comes in yeah right i think number one what makes it really hard to, to tour like for for like for me and anyone who's sort of in the spot that I'm in where you're now starting to really travel around mm-hmm. it is really really hard to work here at this office from 9 to 5 mm-hmm. change in the bathroom jump in my car drive two and a half hours to Miami perform and then jump back in the car drive two and a half hours back here mm-hmm. and be back at work at nine o'clock in the morning yes yeah. that is just yeah. it's hard brutal. Yeah, it's damn near impossible yeah however and i do it a lot like a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point where like my wife actually stresses me out mm-hmm. about just like like i don't want you to get in a car accident and die yeah. out there yeah, you yeah. Know? because it's yeah, four I've, o'clock I've, in the morning I've done that drive from miami back up here at like 3 a.m yeah it's so, it, and the road's <laughs> so boring that it's like <laughs> almost impossible to not fall asleep at the wheel because yeah. yeah. like there's very few cars i-95 is dark most of the <laughs> way it's straight as fuck yeah. so like you don't even have to like put in that much effort even even though i drive a stick shift car yeah you're, in six just gear, in six <laughs> you're not doing anything so I, i'm, I'm so good if I, if I have somebody to talk to yeah, yeah. If, if, as long as I can keep a conversation going, I won't mm-hmm. fall asleep. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm if it's really late yeah. and it's just music playing, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. she's good with it. Like music playing, she'll just sit there and sing Bruno Mars until you know. <laughs> so, so I love riding out to a gig with people. Yeah, I hate driving home with people after a gig. <laughs> Because they just like sleep in your car. Yeah, and, and then, then like, you're just asshole by yourself. It's, and it's like it's like what the fuck? I can't listen to the music that I want. I can't turn it up as loud as I want. I'm gonna <laughs> worry about if I sneeze and wake you fucking up. <laughs> oh no, I'm not that polite. I would <laughs> but, go shit but, if I wake you up. No, yeah, like yeah, I'm, 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 way, I'm way too nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I always, like, you know, most of the time when I go places, I got the big vehicles, so there's always, like, five or six guys in the car, you know, and then, so then it's, like, at least one or two of them are going to stay up, and I'll just bullshit with them. Yeah, that's that's good, as long as somebody will stay awake. I I remember one time, just everybody passed out, and I'm just like, what the fuck, man? I know if I bring Rudy, he's going to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that. (laughs) So, so my my vision with the van, Mm -hmm. right, is... I want to create this. Uh, so, so back, so sort of back to the fake it till you make it conversation. Um, I want to do something because one of the ways that we run our business here is sort of a a, a, a shock and awe guerrilla marketing style. You know, we're not that big a company, but people actually tend to think our company's bigger than what it is because of when we do market something, it's like aggressive, mm-hmm. right? Um, so my thing is, is once I start headlining. My goal is to very quickly get to a point where I'm like, hey, I'm bringing my own feature and I'm bringing my own host, mm-hmm. right? Then I can bring like a Brian. I, I keep going back to Brian because <laughs> I because tr- he's a mailman, so I trust him to drive. <laughs> like, I feel like the government trusts him to drive a van. He's like not because he's a good comic or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I just I just want people to know I'm not picking favorites. But if I had to pick, you're the bus driver. Brian's Brian. funny. Yeah. And I trust him to drive a van. <laughs> but no, but seriously, if you think about like what a difference it would make in my life, yeah. 
to be able to be like, I'm going to work from nine to five. Brian's going to meet me here. Mm-hmm. I'll jump in the back of the van and go to sleep. <laughs> and Brian and Eugene can drive us to Miami. I can wake up in Miami, mm-hmm. do the show, and then I can drive back. Yeah. You know what I mean? That changes my life completely. I mean, I just th- that three hours of napping in between. Yeah, for you know sure. I mean, it makes it doable. Yeah. I yeah, told you I'd ride without being on the show, too, though. No, yeah. I know. I, I know. Show, I know. Yeah, and like, uh, bringing a host and a feature, of course, you're going to sacrifice, like, your your pay well no because they, the they they uh, pay oh, a host of the feature anyway okay you're not you know paying I mean? out of your cut so, no no i wouldn't okay. pay out of my cut it's so like for instance like um like if i did lol mm-hmm. right like because when i go like i'm going there actually with duncan in a few months or whatever so when we go lol is going to pay a feature anyway yeah. they're just going to pay me because that's who's coming with duncan wait you know wait I mean? you're featuring on that show yeah yeah, yeah. okay duncan's um, yeah. headlining lol yeah yeah Go for, yeah. go for Duncan. No, he's done that. He's yeah, done yeah, it a few it, times. No, yeah. LOL is like his crap. Yeah. yeah. yeah um. So fun. we. <laughs> Duncan's gonna smack the shit out of you too. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's <a> good thing. <laughs> that was good. So, that was nice. So, so what, once I get to that same level, you know what I mean? To be able to be like, all right, I can go to sleep, and when I wake up, I'll be at the comedy club. Mm-hmm. Again, that that makes it that makes it much more feasible for me to. Because like, right now, I, I fill my calendar as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But, like, right now, I don't have a weekend until, like, from now until the end of May, I don't have a free weekend. And when you're when you're doing the driving as well as performing and driving back, it's just, awesome. it sucks. Like, yeah. it's, it takes away some of the yeah. fun. Yeah. So my goal is to not only make it, make it more just physically and mentally reasonable to, to be busy and be an active touring comic all the time mm-hmm. B to the comedy clubs if i'm a new headliner you get treated i mean it's sort of like all right we'll try we're this guy. We'll, yeah we're taking a chance let's yeah, see yeah. if this guy's good blah 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 yeah if i pull up in a conversion van wrapped with my album cover and I have my own feature. I have my own host. I bring my own merch table, and my you know host and feature help me work the merch table. And I'm funny as shit on stage. Mm-hmm. It it blows all those questions at like I'm coming out professional, completely above all of the established headliners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only famous comics move around like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So I'm, I'm my goal is to bring that level right out of the gate yeah, you know? that, that's a brilliant idea and that's exactly what you should do yeah. you, anytime you're looked at it's why i fucking even though i wear tank tops i still somehow present well dressed yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all i like it's all presentation you just you want to be professional you want to hold yourself professionally you want to speak professionally mm-hmm. you want to give off this view and like to people at like that you came up with they might mm-hmm. they're gonna call you a douchebag they're gonna be like what the fuck yeah, are you yeah. doing <laughs> they're gonna clown you like you see everybody clowning people for the blue check mark on instagram yeah, yeah. now yeah. it's just like to each their own man like that's what you should do because you're not 
your boys aren't paying you. But yeah. Chris also well, ain't a wait around guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. No, That's, like, no, there, there's no reason, like, the reason people say it takes 10 years is most of the time because they'll start in New York where they hit five shitty open mics every night, get $50, and they go home, eat a slice of pizza, and they just repeat that, and they never really get booked on shows. I honestly feel like, aside from, like, what's going on in Austin right now, mm-hmm. Florida is a great spot to start. It is. Like, there, really there are so many opportunities. Like, you literally, you can get up every night. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, on most, a lot of nights, you can get up more than once. Yeah. And yeah. there's a showcase on a lot of nights as well. And then once you're doing clubs, like, you, can, there's a bunch of clubs here in Florida. And yeah. from coast to coast, tip to tip, it's really not that big of a drive. Most, mm-hmm. A lot of people have to drive state to state. Like, anybody in New York, any real show, they don't do in New York. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they perform, like, maybe they perform Jersey, at the cellar, yeah. and they get... 20 bucks to do like a 10 minute spot at the end of the night (laughs) maybe twice a day and then the only real show they do they have to drive to pennsylvania and drive to upper fucking new york and you gotta cross a lot of times they gotta cross the border to go to canada and shit like it Hmm. here you can you can do your mics and you can do shows within a tank of gas which in most places isn't really feasible yeah like the only the only reason Austin is popping right now is because it's very tight. It's yeah. condensed, like New York is. Yeah, all the clubs are right. Yeah, close to and, each other. But before there wasn't really that many clubs. Yeah, it's just now, and and, they, and, and they keep popping up and dying. Like only a few are like hanging in there. It also has that Rogan moved all yeah, like yeah, yeah. his his crew staff there. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah it's staff but, too. Yeah, but, I mean Erlacher's mm-hmm. friend is like Erlacher's best friend is is good friends with the lady who's the bar manager yeah. at, at the Comedy Mothership, mm-hmm. and she was the bar manager at the Comedy Store for fifteen years, and. When the comedy store shut down during COVID, mm-hmm. Rogan bought that lady a house, moved her to Austin, <laughs> and paid her for two years while the club was being set up, just yeah, just, just to, to hang just, around and be ready to keep her because he knew her from the comedy store. Yeah. And then th- he literally got the guy who books Adam Adam Ray. He got the yeah. guy who booked the comedy store, mm-hmm. brought him over to Austin, yeah. and did the exact same thing. Paid him for two years, you know, all that shit. Yeah. So yeah, he's whew. not Adam Ray, but or, yeah, not Adam, Adam. Ray. But what's his name? Adam, it's Adam something. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah. But my so my goal it well so two things also. One thing that I did find um is one of the things you'll you guys will and you guys have already experienced a little bit of that. But a lot of times also the relationship between like a headliner and a, a feature or like an opener it's how do I put this tactfully? A lot of times it's a it's sort of a using relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where you know it's it's you know I'm taking I'm going places because I'm the one with the car, yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or I'm the one that's reliable, or that sort of kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Or it's like you know it's just whoever's fun to hang out with, mm-hmm. or I you know buy drinks for the, you know what it's that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my goal is to create this. I want this thing that I'm doing to be very different where it's like, okay, number one, if I'm driving to a gig, I'm driving to the gig anyway. Yeah. So you don't have to give me gas money. Just help with the driving and the merch and help sell the merch. Yeah. Right. So now if you're a feature or a host, you're actually making more money Mm -hmm. because you don't have to bring your car. 
you don't have to pay for gas. You're getting a ride to the show, right? And you're going to get into clubs that you wouldn't normally get into. That's right? the real value. Yeah. yeah. And, but the other thing is, so the well, eventually when I get this done, the logo, the logo for this podcast will also be on the bus. Mm-hmm. And I want to do this thing where it'll be the funny style tour. Yeah. And it'll be a never ending, continuous, always happening tour mm-hmm. of all of the clubs that we're going to. And I'll alternate comics because what I want to do is build it. I want me touring with a group of comics mm-hmm. to be its own brand. Yeah. So that when, you know, when you reach out to the club, it's like the funny style tour is coming to your club. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it becomes this thing where as comics in this area get to a point where they're good enough, it's like, hey, this weekend, jump in the van with us and you'll do guest spots. Yeah. You know? So now it's this it's this never ending tour that I'm providing opportunities because the when we talked to Devin Siebold, mm-hmm. um, he talked about how what the reason why it takes ten years is it takes that long to build a network, right? So my this is my sort of Gary V strategy <laughs> where Gary V's thing is like you give so much that when you ask for something everyone says yes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so my hope is to come in and my relationship with our comedy scene is i'm a touring headliner and i'm actively looking to help new comics get on the road for the first time yeah like i want to be the guy that brought everybody on their first road gig yeah you know what i mean so that in the future when cody's in la and brian's in new york I have people that are like, whenever Chris comes, I'm going to help him yeah. because he helped us. That's literally what Devin was talking about. Yeah. It's about, because the reason he was talking about it taking so long is because you, you have to build a, a functioning network yeah. of, of comics across mm-hmm. the U.S. Yeah. Because yeah. because the, the vouch is way more important than literally anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, some people come out the gate funny, mm-hmm. and then some people like it, but... It, no matter what, no matter how funny you are coming out the gate, it's going to take pro- a few years of stage, like, performing. Yeah. The, the more you do it, like, if you do it every night, of course you can expedite it. But it's all mm-hmm. really about feeling out and knowing how to hang with, like, every crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, the next part of that, like, after you're funny and you can hang with, like, whatever the room is, it's all about who you know. Yeah. Like, that's that's the other part of it. Yeah. And with social media and everything now, that's the that 10-year window is going to be shrunk down so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as somebody is a grinder and they're putting in the work on writing jokes and being funny as well as, like, plugging out and meeting the right people mm-hmm. and just, like, if you're a douchebag, shit's not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, For real. It, it doesn't work. You can, you can, you can meet... 20 faces a night but if you're a douchebag to 18 of them every night you're fucking you're not gonna get booked yeah so like it's all about like being friendly like i said holding yourself professionally when you meet them you mm-hmm. act like a pro even if like you're fresh as fuck like, yeah like the milk show that we did like everybody was five plus years and yeah that was five months yeah and it's just like it was stupid yeah. I, it was I just because like quite a bit <laughs> yeah, it's just like it, but that's what it should be man we're yeah. grinders like we yeah. fucking we go out there we do the work we hold ourselves professionally we know what it takes yeah mm-hmm. i come at this from a fucking martial arts background a competitive surfing background background and 
personal training companies are very competitive. Like, oh, I'm sure. So, like, everything I do is competitive. So I come at it, like, as soon as I started, like, I knew instantly. I was like, I got to do this every day if I want to be any good at it. Mm-hmm. I have to meet people every fucking day. I need people to see my face. Yeah. And it's like, another important thing is, like, you can go out to all the shows that you know the bookers and people who run shows are going to be at. Mm-hmm. Half of them aren't ever going to be in the room when you're there. Yeah, they're not paying attention. So, mm-hmm. so you have to keep, you go, you go. Yeah. And then maybe somebody whispers in their ear, hey, that guy was funny. And then maybe one time they watch your set and they're like, hey, you were fucking funny. And yeah. now now you're booked. And But, like, you never know. So you have to go out every night. Yeah. And you just, like, you can't fucking fuck off. That's what makes me mad about Joe <laughs> Galang. Oh, yeah. It's like, he's so, <laughs> he's so funny, but he fucks off too much. He does fuck off. <laughs> it's, like, it's like every single set he does, he says something that makes me die. Yeah. But... It's never a joke. It's never <laughs> something he wrote, and he just. But he goes out, and he just like gets drunk, and he fucking just says shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you could be so much. You could be so. You could be on shows with me, bro. But nobody books you. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> funny? Jo- Joseph Joe Galang is gonna be y- y'all y'all's like generations, Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> where, it's like, where it's like dude come on like just you're funny just show up on time like just <laughs> fucking do the work i don't know man. i think eugene's gonna be our generation he was like i'm coming in he came out for a week we saw him and yeah. now he's gone again <laughs> yeah that's true like yeah i did like a couple of shows with him and then i haven't seen him since yeah like, but the thing that's weird is like twisted birch is so good oh it's pop and it's i'm like popping. man this is I gotta check that such a out. it's such a networking opportunity because oh. my thing is, is 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 we're bringing in like the, the real headliners yeah, the are coming guys, right into yeah. Melbourne and every even um Dean Napolitano yeah that night was like was talking to Eugene he's like how do I not know you yeah and I, and I didn't say anything but I was like I can tell you why yeah. well yeah <laughs> yeah he never leaves Melbourne yeah it, it's fucking stupid Eugene that night at like social distance a month or so ago when he just did like almost 50 oh, minutes yeah, 40. just <laughs> out of pocket just yeah. it, it's stupid that he has that ability and then he doesn't do like he just half asses it. It, it, it drives me crazy because I suck <laughs> and I'm working so hard, Bro, <laughs> and he just like can wake up from a nap and kill a room. <laughs> I gotta say, man, like since I saw you at Long Live Vintage last time we were there, that I feel like I had I had taken like a month and a half off. You and I just weren't we weren't overlapping, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, but we do a lot from, of different from that stuff. night on. I think I've seen you like five times, maybe, and you've you've really improved, man. Like, yeah, I, like, I, I appreciate like, that, man. Like, I, I, I said it to you that night. I was like, oh, dude, that was a like that was the best that I've seen you have. And then since then, uh, like like I said, Eric last night, and you know he was he was blowing you like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying, man. C- kudos to you, dude. Like I, you've you've yeah, you've gotten I, a lot better, man. I, I appreciate it, man. It's just, it, it's like I'm coming from a competitive background. It's like also I didn't I didn't have the I had supportive parents. Yeah, but like they were just like yeah, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm over there <laughs> we're not a part of it at all like so like i never got them to go to like comp surfing competitions my mom came out to like maybe one mm-hmm. my mom came out to like maybe one jujitsu competition yeah and so like it was always me 
that I had to be in charge. Like, if I wanted to be better, yeah. I had to be the one looking at myself in the mirror and being like, you're a piece of shit. You sucked ass at that. <laughs> Why the fuck did you let that happen? Do that better. You know what to do, dumbass. Like, so that, that's just like, so when I, I record all my sets and I'm just like, oh, m- fuck, I hate that about it. It's just like, I'm never happy. There's always something, I, like, no matter how well I did, like, like you said, Eric thinks I did great last night and I fucking, I've watched the set like three or four times i'm like that sucks i hate that part (laughs) well that's that's the problem with this right and this is something that in the last like two months i've had to learn like Mm -hmm. i i want to have a flawless set you know Mm -hmm. what i mean i want it i want it to just every every joke kill you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and then if i have jokes that don't i'm like fuck you know but then when you watch i've Mm -hmm. I've now watched enough headliners Mm -hmm. you know where in their 45 minute set they might have like a couple of jokes that just fall flat and then they mm-hmm. keep going yeah and and i at the end of their set i'm like man they just murdered mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. and so then i'm like why am i giving them that leeway but not myself but i also think you're looking at the idea of a perfect set wrong yeah so a perfect set doesn't mean every joke killed mm-hmm. a perfect set means you're up there you're doing your jokes mm-hmm in real time, you do something that doesn't work, mm-hmm. and you have the skill to make the real time adjustment, mm-hmm. and then the next thing you do works, right? And then you keep going, mm-hmm. and then something else doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You're able, you have the skill to make the adjustment because mm-hmm. that's what those headliners are doing. Yeah, yeah. They're it, reading the crowd. Yeah, it's it's all it's a lot like martial arts, actually. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah, for sure. you have to be able to respond. To what's happening it's not it's i think i think stand-up comedy is the only art form where your consumer is responding to you in real time and you have to counter them yeah. it's a, like i think jerry seinfeld like compares it to like fighting a dragon because mm. <laughs> like you know th- there's a hundred of them and one of you and you still have to win. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It, like I said, like you just said, it's a lot like fighting. So, like, I can throw a jab. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same jab that I threw five minutes ago. You can react 100% differently. Like, sparring partner to sparring partner, day to day. The reactions are always going to be different. So, you got to be able to hang and you got to be able to be free and that's one thing like i'm the most critical about myself is like a lot of times i feel way too tight mm-hmm. like way too rigid like, yeah i'm i'm like too i i hold on to like my joke too much mm-hmm. and i'm like just like tight up there whereas like you can tell like i i could some people their stage presence is so good they're so comfortable and mm-hmm. so free that they can get by with like lesser quality material and the crowd still laughs Mm -hmm. because we're all just having fun together whereas like sometimes Mm -hmm. i get on stage and i'm just like fucking like uh yeah (laughs) like fucking i'm just like tight Mm -hmm. or i'll be pacing around too much and just like and the crowd's always going to notice that nervous energy yeah for sure and so like like i said like i've done over 200 mics now since starting in October and I'm still not comfortable enough to where like I can hang in every situation and deal like I'm I've been playing around with like crowds a bit more mm-hmm. like when they respond but like it's still not something like I'm super great with I, I was watching guys like Chris and Dean the other night mm-hmm. and like you know like just watching their 
techniques you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that that made me well well like better so, at it so so that <laughs> that's the there's the crowd work style that's kind of like uh a bait and set up like yeah it, you kind of know like from the beginning where you're going right mm-hmm. and it's like uh where i've been playing around and where i find the most success is like i call it it's not crowd work it's like crowd incorporation okay yeah it's like absolutely. I, I try and like i try and find somebody and I pretend me and him are having a conversation. And I'm just trying to make that dude laugh. Okay. Mm-hmm. It sometimes it kind of fucks up the performance for the whole, mm-hmm. but I'll feel better and I feel more comfortable when I can like lock on. Like some people, like Vinny, me and Vinny were talking last night. Vinny doesn't like eye, eye contact. Dude, yeah. dude Vinny, <laughs> I was so pissed at Vinny last night. <laughs> oh my god, because I'm hosting. Yeah. And so, well, you talked to Vinny. So what did what did he have to say? <laughs> oh, afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Oh no. So afterwards, he's just just kind of like ah, whatever. <laughs> but like, me and him were talking beforehand, and I was just like making him laugh before he went up on stage. Did he have a bad and, set? Yes. Well, yes and no, because <laughs> Vinny's Vinny's weird in that he's very funny, mm-hmm. and he makes people laugh, mm-hmm. but he also makes people very uncomfortable. <laughs> So like, at one point during the set, and it was so fun. I, I didn't go in at it too much because I don't know Vinny that well. Like I know him, but I don't know him that well. Yeah. But I said something about because like after he got up, I w- I'm hosting. Mm-hmm. I went back on stage. So I was doing this thing because a lot of people, a lot of guys towards the middle of the show actually were doing these weird bombing. It was like they were they were doing these jokes that are like just like a bunch of like cum jokes and mm-hmm. like sex jokes yeah, and stuff it, it was a weird night and they were the losing the night yeah in the middle of the show they were like the the beginning of the show was great the end of the show was great and they kept just all the weird guys were back to back in the middle mm-hmm. who, who closed and, last night um that was um oh, joe didn't he? joe jocks no J- joe jocks was second to last and then i love that guy um somebody swift Oh, Bill, Billy, Billy Swift. Swift. Oh, Billy, Billy Swift. Swift. Billy's funny. Yeah, Billy yeah. Swift clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good. No, the last, he's like I said, the last murder. run was good. The beginning was good. And then yeah. in the middle, it just got weird. <laughs> and th- <laughs> I kept having this. So the, the few guys that were in the middle, mm-hmm. they would go up and just say a bunch of offensive shit. And then I would get back on stage and I would go, all right, this is the part of the show where the host has to get the white people to feel comfortable <laughs> again. <laughs> and then I would start doing crowd work and I'd talk to him and I'd get the energy back up and then I'd bring up the next comic and the next comic would come up and be like... Pussy fart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it would go right back down and then I'd get back on stage and I'd be like, yeah, think, all right, here we go. You called the lady a big-titted bitch. I was fucking dying because like, I love Vinny. But, but, like, but here's the problem. <laughs> she was getting like a, a little... <laughs> a little peeved about it. Oh, no, she was pissed. Uh, at one point, dude, at one point, Vinny had this woman, this red-haired woman by the front. She was like standing. She was sitting in a chair. You know, those chairs have those like horizontal supports in the legs. Mm-hmm. She was standing on those, so she's actually taller than she would normally be, mm-hmm. with both middle fingers in the air, <laughs> saying "fuck you" to Vinny while he's on stage, right? Because he just like. Again, it's it's a charm thing. Like you have to be char- if you're gonna talk shit to people, especially women, especially women. Yeah, you have to, there's a there's a finesse to it, 
and then he doesn't make eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> so even if he is funny and charming, it doesn't feel that way because he's looking at the wall or the yeah, ground. Yeah, he or looks at like his shoes, like in front of his feet. Yeah, yeah he that's just, what we were talking about. He yeah. just looks like like if Ray Romano fucked Kyle Christopher. That's what he looks like. He's just like an awkward, weird Italian guy just talking shit to everybody and staring at the floor the whole time. So again, it was so weird because he was doing really like the the whole art homeroom's like laughing yeah and then this table in the front it was like this whole family and they the mom like they were just talking like the whole night but not malicious talking yeah they're just like they were getting yeah, drunker were and drunker fun. as the night went on mm-hmm. and they would just like yell out things occasionally mm. and a lot of dude i notice a lot of comics and it's it's, it's a lot of the comics that do open mics a lot mm-hmm. that don't actually work comedy clubs what happens is they think that the shit that's funny to comedians is funny to the audience mm-hmm. so she starts talking and Vinny goes like shut up what did she say like shut up fat tits or some <laughs> shit like that right <laughs> big titty bitch yeah, yeah, yeah or something like, like that yeah. right yeah. And, the, and the comics in the back of the room laugh but the rest of the room goes whoa yeah, yeah. yeah. and again and I think in a lot of comics mind they hear that laugh at the back of the room and they go check a laugh yeah that's not a laugh yeah the comics yeah, and the shitty shit that they laugh at means nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's it's very dangerous to play the comics because yeah. the comics and audiences don't laugh at the same thing. No, the thing. comics aren't important. So then he get, gets back into the set and, and me and Jimmy are looking at each other like, ah, oh, fuck. So he gets back into his set and again, because it's Vinny and he's good, it starts to go well again. Yeah. And then somebody else says something and he goes, shut up, stupid cunt. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> But that's my I was telling him last night. In some ways, like I respect it. So, like the freedom to just rant and just say shit. Like I wish I had it. Because, like I was saying, I'm so tight when I get up on stage. Sometimes I wish I could just flow like that. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is like it's not flowing. No, if no, you watch not. Vinny, he's so awkward and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and he's just. Yeah, you know what he looks like? He looks like Vinny looks like he's always dropping something. <laughs> he's like he's in like a panic and he's moving he's around quickly like he's trying to catch stuff in the air. That's what he looks like when he's on stage. And that's why it freaks people out. And then they start to kind of get his thing. And then they st- everybody start I mean, I'm telling you, in between him saying horrible shit to these women, yeah. it was hilarious. And then Hey, that's pretty funny. Shut up, you stupid cunt. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So he did it like three times. Just buried himself. Yeah, just like buried himself. And then he gets off. And again now, I go up and I just stand in front of the microphone, don't say a word. And the audience like just starts chuckling. And I go, the views and opinions expressed by Vinny do not represent pineapple. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't pissed off about the set. He was just like, whatever. It, it was like a typical Vinny set. Yeah. Like, like, Joe, uh, Joe he specifically walks into every room that Vinny performs on because he's like, it's gonna be a show. Like no matter what, Sounds it's gonna bad. be a show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vinny just like he. He fucking kills like like yeah. whether it's a bomb or a murdering like it, it's gonna be Vinny and it's gonna be fun for us. Yeah, I uh I I, I also I gotta say something too. Uh, when I when I first started doing comedy, mm-hmm. um, 
I like my third set in. I had a really good set at Moon Room. Mm-hmm. Like it was like nothing I had had the two sets before yeah, that, yeah. and then I basically spent like another three weeks just bombing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just every set bombing, right? Mm-hmm. And then Cody and I, Cody was like, "Hey, you want to go to Orlando and go to like Leslie Joe's show?" You know. <laughs> And it was at Perfect Pours, wasn't that what it was called? Something like that. Was that? Yeah, it was a random spot in Seminole. Well, what it was, we were going to go to Bull and Bush, and we were definitely doing that, but they had a second mic before Bull and Bush in like another part of Orlando. Mm-hmm. And Cody's like, we should go there too. And then, so we drove there, and I literally had had three weeks of bombing. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just like, I mean, literally my worst set was like, the Thursday before this, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, like, I, and so I, I was not feeling good about myself, right? Mm-hmm. And we go to this uh, uh, Perfect Pours show, and Cody and I are the only two comics that showed up. <laughs> it, Leslie goes there with uh, Steve, her, her yeah, yeah, yeah. boyfriend, her, her fiance, no, fiance, no. Yeah, fiance, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So it was like two of them. Leslie show. It was that? I say congratulations, Leslie. Yeah, 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 congrats. Shout out. <laughs> so we show up, and it sucked because like we were we were the only two comics that showed up, mm-hmm. right? And the audience was like maybe like six or eight people, and like they so were the employees. Yeah, the employees, <laughs> and then like a couple of family members, I think, of the employees or whatever. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, it was it was real rough. And so she was basically like, "Do as much time as you want." But we were both like, <laughs> Cody was like maybe three weeks in or something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like a month in <laughs> or like a month and a half in, and, and most of that was just me bombing. Do as much time and, as you want is like three minutes. Yeah, yeah. living on on the 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 one the one show I had where I was like, "Oh my god, it went so good!" I literally went home and told my wife, "I was like, I killed it tonight," and she was like, "Really?" <laughs> you know, like, it was like that kind of thing. And then she saw me a bunch of times after that, just bomb. and uh so we went to this show and uh leslie opened it up and she you know started doing it and then i went up and had a really good set Mm -hmm. like i mean it was it it was it wasn't that as good as moon room because moon room's packed and this is like eight people but i had a dude like cry and laugh and that was the first time that happened you know and uh and when we when we left there cody looked at me he was like dude you're a fucking killer that's what he said to me (laughs) He was the first person, other comic, other than that night that I did really, really good to mm-hmm. tell me that I was good. Oh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's like the little things that keep you going in this when you just fail a lot, you mm-hmm. know, especially at first. And I just, I want to give you a head, like heads up, dude. You oh, made yeah, me feel dude. fucking great that night, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man. yeah like the, I, I got your bag. Like that, yeah. that's one big thing about like, uh, it's the whole reason why I started like the Mike Hop group mm-hmm. and everything is just like we all need to be there for each other because yeah. like most people are going to shit on us yeah, so, like, yeah for sure and, and we're going to shit on each other yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to shit on each other we do it plenty in the group chat <laughs> yeah. but like we also like like Eric like fucking telling me a million times how well I did like <laughs> it's it, like sometimes you need that kind of shit yeah because like, yeah. like honestly I the last week I hadn't felt good about any set I've had yeah I was fucking I didn't feel good about any set I had leading up to Madcap's I felt okay with my Madcap set. Mm-hmm. Milk, I did okay. Chris, I asked Chris afterwards. He said you did good, man. Uh-oh, yeah. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. like, I did. yeah, like everybody says I did okay. Like the, the well, that 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 Jewish Yeezys joke mm-hmm. is even if you'd bomb the rest of the set for someone as new as you are to have written that joke, it's good. It's I, really good. I really appreciate it. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's the, a very clever joke. I really appreciate yeah. it. That's one. Of, that's one of my favorite jokes, mm-hmm. because like 
I, I like that everybody knows where it, <laughs> yeah. like at the end like I love yeah. just that pause yeah you know where it's going but it's still it's still funny you know yeah. there's certain jokes where you can you don't have to throw a curveball yeah. you know you just you putting it out there the way it's you everybody is expecting it to to go it's still like but the thing is also is that I I, th- I think again I think you're giving audiences too much credit. Mm-hmm. I don't think they see it. Yeah. Okay. Well, when, that's the thing. It could be me, just me. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, well, because we know jokes. Like we yeah, know joke yeah, structure, yeah. so we kind of mm-hmm. get where it's going. Yeah. But also the like they sort of they say the mark of a perfect joke is that you can't remove any word. Yeah. Because the jokes are about economy of words, mm-hmm. and the fact that the punchline is. But as a Jew, <laughs> like it's so simple, yeah. but everybody gets it. It's yeah. like it's the per it's perfect joke, like sort of structure. And uh, I just realized something actually. Because um, <laughs> I know because my thing used to be joke writing, mm-hmm. um, and it and it still needs to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't just keep shitting on the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> only seen you do one set of new material as long as i've known you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say i haven't listened to your album yeah. but i don't know i c- i'd love to like reciprocate <laughs> how much you just like complimented one of my jokes i don't, don't know, know any of your does. jokes i just i just know how good you are at shitting on people <laughs> But she knows his jokes better than yeah. he <laughs> but but what's funny about it is I just realized because because to me, and I, I I so the same way Eugene got me because Eugene used to be better than me at crowd work, mm-hmm. and I got frustrated about it and I honed in on crowd work. Super, I used to be the I used to be the the technical like my joke writing is really good, which it it still is, mm-hmm. but that used to really be my focus. I was just the guy that got up there and killed with just saying my material because mm-hmm. the material was so good. Yeah. Then I got really annoyed at how much everybody was like, Eugene's so good at just talking to the crowd, blah, blah, blah. So then I I, I dove headfirst into crowd work, and now I've gotten so deep into sort of the crowd work wormhole that I haven't been writing new material. Watching Jimmy now is making me go, this motherfucker is Bro, so good at writing so jokes. At Jim, writing, Jimmy's on fire. Now... Man. Now I have to. I must now defeat Jimmy at joke writing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. No, but so that's how I've gotten good. Yeah. Is yeah. I'm a hater, dude. dude but like, like I said, <laughs> you, the more you can think of it competitively, yeah, yeah. the more success I think you'll find. Because yeah. like, we have to be our biggest critic as well, mm-hmm. but we also have to like admire our friends and be like. Yeah. Fuck him for that joke. Oh, absolutely. I am, like. I can't believe he came up with that shit. It's so goddamn brilliant. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I am now <laughs> hunting Jimmy down in terms of joke writing. That's exactly what I did. His, his set last night was so good. It was very good. Yeah, but, a lot, but, yeah, like a yeah. lot, dude. La- yeah. Last night he he told a couple of new jokes, but he what he also did was like he tagged up some older jokes mm-hmm. to where like instead of like it was like tag here tag there tag there. it was like tag 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 all yeah. the way fucking through so it was just like funny the whole entire time which is fucking great because no. like sometimes jimmy has a tendency to write a joke that will like it'll be about like drugs or like addiction so mm-hmm. at the beginning the crowd's kind of like yeah yeah but now now he's got it to where it's like it it's i don't know if he's like he's writing on like a metronome Mm. to where like oh, it's but, like, like he's got it, he's got like last night he hit a flow where it was like 
very like on cadence like tag mm. here tag there wow. he had the laughs like coming at the exact times when they should be and i told him last night where um he has this particular new joke he's been working on mm-hmm. and because i've been at moon room consistently i've watched it from the beginning where it was like you know Is set up a waitress bit yeah okay yeah to where it's like you know sort of set up punchline tag yeah to like set up punchline tag tag and last night it was and then the the two tags didn't really flow together well they were kind of choppy and separated yeah and then last night it was set up punchline tag that flowed into this tag that flowed into this tag Mm. and it told a story throughout the entire pro like out that joke went from beginning to fully completed structure bro i i saw jimmy the day he wrote that joke yeah. Like he, he, you could tell, like it was, it was uh, him and Rudy went riding on it before mm-hmm. a beachside mic, yeah. and you could tell he was like beaming. He was like, "Dude, I got this new bit. I think it's gonna be good." Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he told me, he told me like the premise, yeah, yeah. but none of the actual punchlines, right? Yeah, yeah. And he goes up on stage and he does the setup punchline and then four tags, yeah, on that joke that he wrote two hours before that. Mm-hmm. And all four of the tags were super strong. And yeah. he got off and he goes, I need to go write on this joke. I was like, dude, I don't know how you're going to make that joke better. And <laughs> That's he goes, much he, better. He basically was like, watch me. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's what's the best is like, as soon as somebody compliments a joke, mm-hmm. you're just like, you don't even know. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm not done with this thing. I had, a, I had a guy, I wrote a joke two nights ago, mm-hmm. two maybe two days ago quick joke i mean like literally three lines you know what i mean and i had a guy come up to me last night i think it was adam snare again mm-hmm. he come, came up to me last night and he goes dude that joke right there is so funny that you need to put it on social media immediately because <laughs> if you keep telling that joke somebody's gonna steal it and he goes you could make merch out of that joke like there's he's like there's so many. i was like what the fuck i literally wrote this two nights ago you know god I mean? damn i want to hear this joke I'll, you'll hear it tonight. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say it tonight no. well the problem is social distance I, sometimes i just go because like you, I, I like to go about halfway through and i like to watch what's happening beforehand and if jokes are just dying in rooms then yeah. i'll just go up and do crowd oh work. yeah i hate so, going first because i love reading them yeah, yeah, yeah like I, I like, I, i'm not a guy who like my sets are kind of all the same yeah but mm-hmm. i tailor like i swap jokes in and out and like i kind of know which punch lines and which tags to hit yeah based on my judgment of the crowd and sometimes i'm off but like i like to be able to sit in the crowd for a minute and yeah. feel it that's what i like too but i'll, I'll but i don't want to have a bad set you know mm-hmm. so i'm not going to go up and die on jokes just for the just to say that i did jokes here so i'm going to go up and i'm going to do crowd work and try to murder the crowd but see that's why i i feel like and i said this before this might be just my own arrogance i yeah. feel like i've been a little bit of a bad influence on our local comedy yeah, I scene wanna, i don't want to have bad oh, because I, you think everybody's doing crowd work because of you yes <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's yes it's good to not have a bad set mm-hmm but and that's again that's that's the dangerous spot that i put myself in Mm -hmm. because like i was talking to jimmy about this last night is like i've i've gotten myself into this rhythm where my reputation at moon room is i go up and i murder (laughs) that's the reputation that i've built at moon room and i i don't want to go up in moon room and do new material and just you know have like a half bomb half okay set the difference though is that that's your open mic moon yeah. room is your open mic moon room is a showcase for us no no no. but but i'm i'm using moon room 
like it, it's not my open mic though because i don't treat it like that i make sure when i go up i do whatever it takes to kill when i'm in moon room yeah because you know that's again like that's the thing yeah but now i need to the rule that i need i've realized this i need to make a rule if it's an open mic i do zero crowd work yeah that that has to be my new rule because now i don't write new material because i know i can go up with no material yeah and still and still have a great set and it's like this is so fucking dangerous because I can, I'm training myself to stop. I have, I, my writing pace. I'm telling you, and this is why. So, like, like I said, I'm now. I love Jimmy. Like Jimmy's great. Jimmy's my friend. Yeah. I am now going to take down Jimmy, not in a negative way. You should call the episode coming that. forward. But, <laughs> take, take, take down, down Jimmy. Down Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> because no, because it's like. That just helps me focus. Yeah. Having oh, yeah. somebody who I respect, who's really good at a specific thing. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm going to focus on that person and try to get better at their thing than they are. Yeah. You know? Well, well for, for me, when I say I don't want to have a bad set, yeah. I do way more open mics than you do. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? So infinitely I have, more. I almost I, do none. Yeah. That's what I mean. yeah. So I have, I have a ton of opportunities yeah. to just try new material. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for me, if I'm going into a room, even if it's an open mic that's actually packed, mm-hmm. then I want to put my best foot forward. Yeah. You know, so I'm just going to do whatever I can to, to kill that room, mm-hmm. whether it's there's seven people there or 15 people there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm showcasing in a new spot, like I did mad caps this past week. I didn't, I mean, I did new material, but it was stuff I had done before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like I said, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to hone this 10 minutes for Judd show. Mm-hmm. So that way I actually have more than 10 minutes. Cause I know Judd is like, he's definitely like, he asked me, he, he hit me up and he goes, Hey man, how's your 15 coming? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Cause he told me last time I was there, he's like, you got to do 15. And, yeah. I, I, and so I told him, I was like, Judd, I've been writing a lot. Mm-hmm. My problem is that I had, uh, uh, several jokes that were kind of riding the line of offensive mm-hmm. and I've I've kind of like taken the more offensive jokes out of my set and and, and brought in new jokes to replace them that are mm-hmm. good but that doesn't give me more time than I had before it only gives me about the same like I have mm-hmm. I like I, think, I can do I, I was like I could go up and do 15 minutes but I'm gonna think, do 10 of really good shit <laughs> yeah, I really think also though yeah I don't think I think at your stage you need to throw out nothing because I disagree. I, I I know, but I've been doing this like I know, I know. fifteen times longer than you have. That's true. <laughs> because that offensive stuff, yeah. Once you build a rapport with the audience, that stuff will work. So like, and you're gonna. He's, I, I can see him I'm fighting I'm me. I'm right. loading in, in up. Yeah, he's loading up. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm telling. I used to open with this joke where. And maybe I'm now stupid because I don't really use that joke anymore. I'm going to start using it again just to prove my point. Um, <laughs> I, used to, I used to open with this. I used to come up on stage and I'd be like, I think if you're a woman and you're more attractive than a seven, you shouldn't qualify for ju- government assistance whatsoever. <laughs> because if you're that hot and your me- needs aren't being met, that means you are choosing not to use your pussy to the best of its abilities. <laughs> and it's not our responsibility to cover the you know yeah. difference. right? And it used to bomb, and it would set me up. Yeah, you bury yourself. I, I'd, I'd bury myself and then have to dig out. Yeah. And one night, it was my dad mm-hmm. that came up to me and was like, you got to make them like you before you say stuff like that. Yeah. And all I did was take that same joke mm-hmm. 
and I moved that to like second to last. Yeah. And the same joke in the same room works because I said likable things up front. Mm -hmm. And I think because you have such a short set right now, Mm -hmm. it seems like, all right, that's just a bad joke because it's whatever. So I, I, somebody gave me that exact same advice. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy said, he's like, maybe don't open with the little boy joke. (laughs) You know? And I was like, Cheryl, your husband is very difficult. You see how the two best people in our group gave him the same piece of advice. And he's like, I don't think so. No, no, no. He didn't give me the advice of like, yeah. Don't you don't throw stuff out. He yeah. gave me the advice of like maybe don't open with that stuff. Yeah. Open with more likable stuff that mm-hmm. like, you know, wins them over. So that's what I did. I yeah. wrote I wrote jokes that were like, you know, like you know, like what I'm open with now. Yeah. You know, I wrote like that kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then I moved that stuff to the center mm-hmm. of, of my set and I still wasn't getting what I wanted out of it. Okay. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I went, Okay, that's why that's why I was like, yeah. I'm just being offensive to be offensive. <laughs> It's not like a Sharpie fat tits. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's not like this is the best joke I'm ever gonna write, and yeah. I have to, I can't I can't get get rid of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like for me, I was just like I'd rather I like I've told you for yeah. the last like three months, I'm trying to make more universally funny jokes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be where I can go in front of a 65 year old crowd up in Daytona, mm-hmm. or you know, go to Moon Room with a bunch of 30 year olds, and yeah. and it works in any you know in any room. And yeah. I have a, a couple of jokes. Right? you know out of my 10 minutes i have right now i'm willing to bet like four of it is like what i would consider like universal mm-hmm. you know i've i've made it i've made that stuff work consistently in a lot of rooms so mm-hmm. i know it works even one joke that's a little bit offensive mm-hmm. i still kept it around because it, it works you mm-hmm. know what i mean it, uh go ahead. yeah that, that's like my favorite part about uh running my room because we get a, like a lot of like middle aged white people yeah so like anything i say that's like offensive if it's a joke that is offensive even like the delivery i have to be careful with like what words i say the pacing of it i get to play around Mm -hmm. and so like it's fun to get to tell your jokes no matter how offensive they are and but still try and make them work for a crowd that has like maybe sensitive ears or some shit like sometimes there's kids in my crowd like but not not often like most of the time if there are they're like 15 16 but (laughs) even my universal jokes are still too old yeah brian (laughs) in front of kids brian has a minute and 30 seconds of materials i would would do crowd work and (laughs) you guys trading pokemon cards (laughs) yeah or whatever i but I just feel like for me, mm-hmm. I, I like I'm not married to any of my material. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, I'd rather just weed out what's not going to work or what's not going to fit what I'm doing. Yeah. And because I don't have time to like I, I could go back and rewrite it, probably mm-hmm. make it less offensive. But mm-hmm. then it takes the it takes like the, the punch. The, yeah. The punch out of that joke away. So I don't mm-hmm. even I don't even want to fuck with it. I'll just rewrite. I'll write something different. Mm-hmm. Or punch up another joke that is like mm-hmm. less offensive and that I can work on and make it longer and that kind of thing. And so that's what I did. And Judd Judd literally texted me back after I said like I, I got a solid ten and uh, and you know and then we'll see from there. And he goes, hey man, that was the perfect answer. You yeah. want to do ten minutes on this show? Even though he told me last time I have to do fifteen, <laughs> he's still just said, honest. He's like, yeah, he was like, like yeah. honest and direct, man. I appreciate I, I, that. I drunk texted Judd at like two a.m. last night. <laughs> And I was like, hey, I'm booking my Aprils out. <laughs> Shows I can hop on. Bro, I, he's booking so far out that I'm on the May 25th show. <laughs> so it's, yeah. I mean, it's deep. Yeah, yeah. He, he saw it and never responded. Yeah. <laughs> Certain, you'd be, again, the more you get into like the, again, the more professional rooms, mm-hmm. you'd be, ama- like, I have 
Somebody booked me for a show in October recently. Yeah. It's like That's they so book out up. like you're, yeah, you're on that train show in like yeah, yeah. September or yeah, something yeah. like that, dude. <laughs> It's yeah. it's ridiculous, but like um uh, uh was it Porky's mm-hmm. out in Saint oh, Cloud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They book out like if you don't call him in November, you won't be on the next year's wow list. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. it's that far out, dude. That's I, crazy. I, dude they nuts. love me over there. I did not get to them until like January, and it's like yeah, I'll get you in in twenty twenty four. What wow. the fuck? Because he just he was just like if if I have somebody drop out, I'll call you. But we booked the entire year. Like he's like, yeah, I sit nuts. down in one weekend and book our entire year. Wow! And it's done. That's I mean, wild. that's cool. That's good to him. I mean, it sucks yeah. for, for like other people. Yeah, if you're not thinking like, about oh, it, and then you miss it. This is a new place I've heard of. Let me go try to get yep. booked here. It's like, nope. Yeah, yeah. but that's it's smart of him because yeah. he's like, I'm not dealing with this shit all fucking year. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's easier on him, but like it also kind of takes his finger off the pulse of what like might be going on. Oh, well, true. no, because because that's he doesn't even they there they don't they don't book well last time i did it as a host ken miller was booking the hosts mm-hmm. as a feature the club books it so they're booking all their headliners and features all the way out to the end of the year and then the hosts change so as new mm-hmm. comics pop up they get new hosts but their feature and headliner spots are filled mm-hmm. that's just how they book those shows mm-hmm. um so I, I saw the uh, the lineup for the next Twisted Bird show. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's good, man. Yeah, that's really going to be a good show. I, I I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta go check out that place. I, yeah, I missed it's the really last good. Two shows. Just come by after your mic, man. Uh, yeah. What time does your mic get over? Um, is it this weekend? No, it's it's, uh, it's April fifteenth. Yeah. Okay, it's, yeah, it's my, a Saturday. My mic typically ends around like ten. I'm gonna reach. I'm gonna reach out to Cam nine. and see. I'm gonna reach out to Ken and them and see if we can get a similar thing like we did with Dean. Yeah, we do a podcast right before the show. Yeah, so maybe I get. It'd be cool to have like Scott Hooker and Ken and yeah. you know, a couple people. Yeah, yeah, Scott's a good. He's a he's funny. As great well, dude. Too, oh yeah, really I, funny. Funny. I love Scott. Yeah. He, he's he, Ken's a great. He's my favorite guy that I've seen from Winter Haven. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a they got a group of dudes that are really good, like yeah. uh, Nate Bearden and uh, Miles and uh, Zach Hendrick Hendrickson. A lot of music. Yeah, a lot of music, but yeah. still like funny and guys. Again, I'm telling you, I know that sounds weird for me to be like have the arrogance to be like in Melbourne crowd work is popular because of me. Mm-hmm. But the music in Winter Haven is because of Scott. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, like whoever's. Like, I also think you're giving yourself a little too much credit because it's really just me. You just Preach does the crowd work but too. Preach came out of the gate like yeah. that was his style. All yeah, he was yeah. not shit talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just like what he's always done. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I think like there's a lot of guys that like want to dip their toes into it, mm-hmm. but are like still. I think they're just like still. Too I'm just talking about, about how early people even start oh, thinking yeah, about me. crowd work but, because normally. It takes a like people aren't even thinking about trying it until they're they've got a solid 10 15 minutes but some of my best sets are yeah 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 crowd, i mean like social yeah. distance last last month or last week or two weeks ago i did eight minutes of crowd work you yeah. know what i mean and, and mm-hmm. killed you know yeah. so that's why i was like that, oh. that's what like uh at mugsy's last thursday i was like trying to do my set <laughs> my set didn't go great Mine yeah. but <laughs> but like I would start doing crowd work in the middle, and the <laughs> crowd work went amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, "Fuck all of you I, guys!" Like, I, I died hate, a sweet I death at Muggsy's <laughs> and closed the show, so <laughs> it was super good. Yeah, 
I was so like, and that's, that's our there, show. There was, there was one dude in the crowd that I absolutely hated. Yeah, John. And he <laughs> kept talking to me and telling me how funny I was. And I was like, I want to fucking punch you in I, the face. I, I screamed like, at that. You were the wor- <laughs> you were the worst crowd member. <laughs> you were like just constantly talking. That's where I a lost. Shitty <laughs> attitude. Your whole table sucks. Like. But yeah. even, so so back to when you when you were talking about like Winter Haven and you're like oh there's some funny guys out in Winter Haven yeah and then when you guys travel like you guys go out as a group and it's like oh the Melbourne guys are like pretty funny yeah again I want to create so my vision right um, is you know we have this podcast the Funny Style Podcast I'm gonna wrap the van with like my album plus like the Funny Style tour mm-hmm. and whatever room I get because I want you know. Yeah. I want to run a room around here. I have to figure mm-hmm. out where. Um, but if it's because Friday is our last like open Monday. Monday is mm-hmm. okay. Um, I want to do what's what's on Friday. Nothing. Gregory's. I mean that's they, they, oh okay yeah, yeah no yeah. I mean open to like yeah yeah, yeah. Monday so has nothing across the board though yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday Friday night's good yeah, Friday looking. also has Beachside Retro every once a month well I want to do. I want to do Funny Style Fridays somewhere. Oh, that's why. You um, want the alliteration. Yeah, yeah, I want the alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then you have to do it like maybe one or two yeah. months out of, the, out of so, the month. But my thing is, if it, like if it's a podcast of our like local comedy scene mm-hmm. and this traveling tour with, you know, its own like little tour van bus thing mm-hmm. and it's a like a consistent monthly showcase Funny Style Fridays, mm-hmm. it's this whole brand and what I want to be able to do because again... I want to be able to pull up to other comedy scenes mm-hmm. and go, this is a host from Melbourne, a feature from Melbourne, a headliner from Melbourne representing this brand that is a Melbourne stand-up comedy brand. Mm-hmm. And when, like, I want to, ins- this is just the way, I, I want to instill fear. <laughs> like, I want to come to other places and people go, holy shit, we're not doing anything like what they're doing. Bro, Co- Cody like, was on that that show where it, like it was sort of like a small competition for 20 yeah. bucks but oh, i mean it was oh, literally yeah, top yeah. six people were four, four melbourne guys yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, and that, that was, was in fun. winter haven with the winter haven dudes there you know what yeah. i'm saying and we just had good nights you know yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot of the times when we show up mobbed out like yeah. we just come in hard yeah. man people like, take notice for sure yeah. the, the very first time we went to winter haven it was the very first night that they did that long live vintage thing. yeah that was mm-hmm. we night. started at lol and the, the crowd was okay but we all still murdered we, at lol every every one of us that got on stage mm-hmm. was fire yeah mm-hmm. and then we went over and it was the first night so all the comics were like hey there's this new spot and we all walked and did that room and we just got to meet the whole crowd and they just like right then they were just like melbourne fucking rolls deep yeah and i got so hard. high on the way to Long Live Vintage, <laughs> and I was feeling cocky as shit, dude, because I, I I was like number nineteen at Long Live Vintage or at mm. Laugh Out Lounge, like so I was at the end, you know, yeah. and I, I was like I just killed it, and then they were like who's gonna go first? I was like I'll go first. Then I got <laughs> high as shit right before the show, not thinking, just like letting my like I, my ego go, and then uh, I got up there, <laughs> and I had some good good shit happen during that set. <laughs> some good things happened. Yeah. I I mean no, I had yeah. like really good pops, you yeah, know, yeah. but. I just like my jokes were dying because I couldn't remember them. <laughs> yeah. it, it, was, it was a fun night. I think we went like nine of us from Melbourne, yeah, there was a lot. from like the Brevard a lot scene where there mm-hmm. it was it was wild. Yeah. We just like wrecked that place, yeah. but it was yeah. fun. Like, everybody was drunk and stoned. And yeah. <laughs> I never feel like nervous when we 
go to other scenes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, oh yeah, if you're with your boys, you don't get the jitters. That's what man. I mean. But, but also like, like, I just know that we're gonna fucking. But do I well. like I love you guys, right? And you guys are great, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like me, Jimmy, Eugene, Duncan, plus you guys, Rudy, you, Cody, that group showing up somewhere mm-hmm. is a demoralizing thing. For sure. For like, if we went up to the Nog one night oh, and just like... It would be fucked up to do that. Like, we're, we're bullies at this point. Like, I just, and I know that sounds like super cocky or whatever, but I think that competitive energy is so healthy. And I want... Like, I, I want to start going around doing that shit because okay. we're a small scene. Yeah. People don't really know about us. People are starting to find out. And I want to go around and people go, holy shit, this little small Brevard County that doesn't have a major city ha- has the killers. That's what I'm that saying. That our though. big cities don't mm-hmm. have. They're doing that already without <laughs> you guys. <laughs> that's so what I'm saying. <laughs> loaded up. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, just our, our newer to yeah. mid tier comics, man, yeah. we still go out and fuck places up yeah and so that's what i'm saying like yeah if you guys came out god it'd be it'd be a nightmare for every (laughs) because like i mean like like matt matt glidden and i went uh with rudy up to uh the knock Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. you just watch a bunch of dudes die a slow death Mm -hmm. on stage you know what i mean and then you could tell you always can tell who like the good people in the scene are Mm -hmm. because they just go up and like murder for five minutes and then get off the stage and then it's like a stream of bad people you know what i mean but like Matt, Matt and I went. I went up first mm-hmm. uh, on that show, and then Matt went up right right after me. And like the the guys that are good in their scene weren't even watching the open mic; they were outside yeah. smoking yeah. weed or whatever, yep. you know. And so Matt and I get up. There's like six people in the audience or whatever, and uh, and I'm killing, dude. Like yeah. Matt too. Both of us, we just killed six people. You know yeah. what I mean? And then we walk we walk back in or we walk to the back of the room and all of the other comics like the good ones had actually come in to watch us mm-hmm. and we're just off to the side like by the pool tables and we yeah. didn't see them and bro Matt and I were just standing in the back and you just like all of them coming up like God dang you guys are good man like you guys <laughs> yeah. are really funny you know and yeah. uh, so I, even that just the two of us with yeah. Rudy was hosting so I'm, yeah. I mean I'm including him in this too but just just a couple like, a couple of us going like yeah. take notice you know yeah. So I already have so the the show I did in uh, Panama City mm-hmm. over the yeah um, that looked fun man it was a lot you of fun fishing and shit yeah so it yeah, was yeah. it was so so just because you guys can't see it, Cheryl Brian's wife is here so just just so you understand as a comedy wife eventually because he's funny it'll get to a point where you can like because my wife you like my wife comes to almost nothing at this point because i've done so I've many never shows. met your wife as a matter of fact when you were, when you were posting photos of her that was yeah. the first time i ever saw her really that's okay yeah <laughs> that's hilarious i was like oh that's chris's wife because <laughs> I mean, it's she came to stuff in the beginning but then it just got it was so yeah. overwhelming and now she's just yeah. she's at home but um it's just to me it's it's a it's a proud moment to be able to like so i didn't make money that weekend mm-hmm. but i was able to you know have a little vacation drive weekend. out to pensacola get a get a room on the beach for two nights you know hang out go fishing and have dinner and eat you know breakfast at the diner every morning yeah and what i got paid for comedy paid for the entire thing yeah you know what i mean so it's like yeah no. it it gets to that point you yeah. know so now it's like all right so now after that and I, when I was featuring that weekend, and I 
it was rough for everybody else on the show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Then, uh-huh. then next time. No, no. Next time, so you'll headline. No, and then, so I, then I, you won't break even. You'll have some cash have some in your pocket profit. and get to do the same thing and just keep making that experience keep happening. Yeah. Man. Like, so I spoke to them uh-huh. and I told them I was like, "Hey, I have this group of people and we're kind of want to do shows together. Mm-hmm. So next time, if I headline, I'll bring." And they're like, "Yeah, just let us know like who you want to bring and we'll put." put the show together so i'm in the next uh, i mean the first funny stuff yeah that'll probably be the first one like i just planned i just did it so they're probably not gonna bring me back right away yeah yeah but in the next six months i you know yeah dude we'll pick a crew of guys to come out to pensacola i mean pensacola panama city bro we got a show we gotta go yeah no we have a show (laughs) that starts at eight o'clock it's now 7 (laughs) 36 all right so thank you guys so much. This has been the f- anybody have anything to plug? Uh, no, I'm not gonna plug. Just uh, Brian Milligan comedy on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Cody Z Comedy. Uh, every Saturday night at seven o'clock, I run a mic called Mahalo Comedy Mic in Cape Canaveral at Maui Girl Cafe. I need to come and out there. I keep yeah. saying that. <laughs> I also do. I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just so bad. The farthest <laughs> one. It's so yeah. far away. <laughs> Yeah, it's all good. I get it. You can drive out to the fucking Pensacola, but you can't come back to the You can't pay Hey, a lot of times I pay my comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even though it's an open mic, I put out a tip jar, and most of the time I pay everybody at least $5. Oh, okay, cool. But uh, it just depends on the crowd. And what yeah. night is that again? It's oh, on Saturday, Saturday nights. Saturday nights, okay. But oh, well, uh, that's the other thing. I'm usually yeah, you're yeah, 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 Saturday nights. To be honest, that's why I call it the Mahalo. Besides it being in a Hawaiian joint, Mahalo yeah. means thank you. Okay. So I do it to say thank you to people, and I make that announcement up top. I'm like, mm-hmm. typically Saturday nights, we should be out there getting paid. Yeah. We're doing <laughs> this for free for you guys tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's why there's a tip jar back there. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. feel bad for us, fucking give yeah. us some shit. But yeah, so uh, that's on Saturday nights, and then at the end of this month, April, I have a brand new uh, show formula that I created. It's going to be called the Comedy Mystery Box Tournament, so it's going to be a a head-to-head competition, three rounds, uh, improv kind of style. Me and JP Allen are going to be the hosts. Oh, cool. We're going to be pulling ideas out of a box, mm-hmm. and people go head-to-head for three minutes trying to tag it for points. Oh, right. And it's a tournament round basis kind of thing. We're doing that uh, at Grumpy's uh, April 25th at 8 o'clock. So come check go. that out. Awesome. All right. And then also, I mean, with me, always, if you can, do me a huge favor. Download my album, The 6040 Rules. It's available on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to albums. Um, definitely give subscribe to this podcast. That also helps us a lot. And if you can do us a big favor and rate this podcast that helps with algorithms and stuff i mean if you're gonna rate it shitty then just don't but uh, <laughs> uh yeah so this has been the funny style podcast thank you guys so much for listening and good night